0: What's going on a little life out here. What the hell's going on out here? It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast as usual. I'm your host, that's Steve Diddy NFL on the Twitter box. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And here we are again. It's the off-season and we're pointing fingers. It's just... Do you know what? There's a statue of Curly Lambeau outside Green Bay, uh, Lambeau Field, and he's just pointing across, which is weird when you think about it. I mean, because there's a famous picture of him doing it, and then they were like, eh, that's good, and then they picked that one and had him pointing. And he's kind of pointing over Vince Lombardi, and that's become sort of, uh, you know, a symbol of what the Packers organisation has been doing the last while. I'm actually pointing my finger here while I'm talking. It's kind of like, look what he's saying. Look what he said over there. Look, That's not talking to me. And that's the way it's become... And the off season become that. Uh, you know what? I, it's inevitable now, uh, from the comments that Brian Gudikon said, and I will go into them, unfortunately, um, about what he said about the organization. And it's quite clear that Rogers is moving on. Um, you know, barring some mad happenings. Uh, but I think when it comes to the relationship and stuff like that, uh, from Rogers coming out and talking on the McAfee Show, from Gudikon's being loose lipped, um, on his interviews. In fairness to him, and he's usually sort of. Uh, you know, cards to his chest kind of stuff. Um, I'll be happy when all of this nonsense is gone. Now, are we trading off-season shenanigans for mediocre play for the foreseeable future? I don't know. I really don't. And there's interesting comments from Matt LaFleur that I want to delve into. Um, but to me, in my humble opinion, what's been said by these dudes uh, in this annual NFL meeting uh, has only solidified exactly what I thought all along and have been saying all along. And hopefully you'll come to recognise it. But look, before I get there, uh, the Raz is coming and I'm giving away a full-size Donald Driver custom-inscribed helmet, which is quite a mouthful way, if you will. Um, it says, GPP all-time leading score. Uh, it's our touchdown score or whatever. Um, amazing, amazing piece. Uh, it's one of those ones that I weep when it's going out the door. Um, and i'm looking at it and the postage is equally as weepable uh, but that's exactly what the razzles are all about it's getting absolutely kick-ass prizes uh, out to out to you folks and i have a jewel signed jordy nelson and donald driver on the same mini as well and these items are worth a serious amount of coin if you want to get involved go to patreon.com forward slash uk packers and get onto the gold tier and if you're on the gold tier you get instantly entered into our lambo draw now, what am I talking about? Lambo draw. I'll say really quickly. It's an all expenses paid trip. I sound like a salesman now, um. But in my life, uh, what I've done is I've been really ambitious. I have this little thing up in my podcast studio here that sort of says, you know, goals of stuff that I'd like to achieve with the UK Packers, um. And one of them was is to give away a trip to Green Bay, all expenses paid, and it was like a goal for a couple of years down in the future but I just said you know what fake it and I went for it because it's the 10 year anniversary of UK Packers and my mantra since you know beginning this whole thing is go big or go home um, and hopefully you guys see that with the meetups we did and how we bring people over to Green Bay on the trips and stuff like that. Um, You know, man, it's never about the uh, money or making money. But Patreon is fantastic because it allows money to come in to then go back out the door in signed prizes and stuff like that. So it allows us to sort of enhance the experience. So, look, it's an all expenses paid trip. Uh, we're going over an annual tour the schedule doesn't get announced till april so that's when we know what game we're going to go to and exactly what the pricing is going to be but we're giving away a place on the trip now the trip has been fully sold out for the last couple of years and uh, there's a huge appetite there so not only will you get uh that spot for free you know it, it, it's something money can't buy too you know especially if you're a fan going away for the first time or um but it's been sold out so you're going to secure a place there, which is magic as well. Uh, but look, it's the flights from London. It's the London Hotel. It's the uh, hotel in Green Bay. It's the transfers from Chicago to Green Bay. um, It is the game tickets. Uh, it's the VIP. T- it's the whole works, right? Uh, but... I'm not shy to say I have two kids one had a rampant vomiting bug this week so uh, there you go uh, enjoy that with your cornflakes but also I've got a third kid in the way so I can't be affording to be shelling out this two grand all on my own laps. Uh, so again look for a fiver and what I did was look I, I was looking at it. And I was thinking I think it's a pretty if I was to look at it and not to wax too lyrical about it but it's the off season so let's all just enjoy ourselves um, if I look at it I'm sort of thinking th- this is a, a whopper a, I, I don't know any other fan groups anywhere that uh, are doing this you know, it's it's supremely ambitious and extremely expensive, um, and I just think it's a whopper of a prize. So what I did was, is I went on to you know three the phone company. So they do these three wo- rewards, and they get companies to give them prizes, and you enter and all that kind of stuff. Let me read you out just a couple of the ones that this big massive company who are spread across the the British Isles and all that jazz. They're giving away. They're giving away a book voucher worth fifty euro. Right. So this, tr- and they I won't lie to you, right? This company, they're enormous. Uh, the other one they're giving away is two magnetic bracelets uh, and they're worth 55 euro. Uh, the other one is a one night stay in a Muldron hotel subject to availability. So I don't know, the Maldron is like, I think you can get it for like a hundred quid. So, you know, little UK Packers, who's not ran for, for profit and all that kind of jazz, is not a big company. Um, You know, we're giving away a two grand trip If that doesn't impress you, and how much is it? It's a fiver. So you get onto the tier for a fiver every month that you're in until the draw, you'll get one uh, entry in the draw. So for a fiver, you could be going to Green Bay for a trip. And if you just multiply the fiver by whatever, and then compare it to what other big companies are doing. Uh, But anyway, look, there's big plans here at UK Packers. There's no rest for the wicked. Uh, We've got loads of content planned for YouTube coming up and sort of content in general. We've got the draft guide coming up uh, by the wonderful Peter Jones uh, he's plugging away at that. So um, myself and Pete are going to sit down and sort of plan out, as usual as we do every year, how that content is going to be delivered. Um, but again, just absolute stuff of genius uh, from from Peter. And I know it's, it's really looked forward to. So I'm very excited to see uh, what he has in store and delivering those podcasts as well. It's always, it's my favorite time because I don't know enough about it. I don't pay attention to college and Peter's like the opposite. I mean, Peter just delves in and, and gives us loads of, um, just invaluable stuff Um. anyway let's get on to the annual meeting so let's get the hell out of here uh, I just found it really interesting what Gutekunst was saying so uh, Matt Schneidman uh, put it to him and in fairness to Schneidman he has the Lirodi the cojones in the media scrum to just keep peppering him with questions but I think there were really good ones and ones that we wanted to know uh, just trying to clarify what is with McAfee and I would imagine being the general manager of an organisation Um, And these lads have a web of people that are looking out and seeing what people are saying and feeding that back. Tom Fanning is Aaron Rodgers' dude. So anything that's on the interweb, Tom Fanning gets his uh, snorkel on and wades into the BS and comes out with some sort of filtered version to give Aaron Rodgers as his private chef has given him his uh, dinner. And it's the same, I'm sure, with Gutekunst. It's not that if he's going to be logging on himself. Maybe he does. Maybe he's a burner account. Maybe he's a bat phone. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, he'll be fed back kind of what the the mood is out there. Now, again, I don't particularly think he cares what the fans are saying, but and I don't think his rebuttals that he said, and I'll play them for you, Was in relation to, oh, well, I hope the fans don't think I'm a bad guy. I don't think it's got anything to do with it. You know, he's got a public image to uphold. And that's why these companies uh, that are worth billions of dollars have PR people. Because they need to head this stuff off at the pass. They don't want the organisation to come across. If it's going to fracture the fan base, they don't like that. But also, and more importantly, really, it puts out that attitude that the Packers, to how they treat their players is pants. Now, is it, it, do they treat their players like muck? Well, we've heard that they gave Jordy Nelson a low-ball offer. We heard that Clay Matthews was disrespected on the way out, allegedly. Um, TJ Lang and Josh Sitton were kind of gouged out of it, allegedly, again. Um, Aaron Rodgers was, you know, tirelessly fighting for the rights of players that he felt were hard done by. Now, is he biased because they're his mates? Probably. Um, and you'll often see a disconnect between management in any company. And the people that work for them and, you know, it's what brings the people together sometimes is just dragging management through attorney bushes and saying how bad they are. Um, You know, Billy Connolly had this phrase that if you want to be interested in going into politics, you should never be allowed to do it. And sometimes that applies for management. You know, you don't always get the people that are the most competent that are promoted or you get the people that are supremely competent at their job at that level and are promoted to a level where they have to manage people. And they're not good at that, right? Like doctors. Um, Doctors famously can't write. Um, or their bedside manner leaves a lot to be desired because, you know, they're bookworms and all this. Anyway, going down a massive conspiracy-style uh, rabbit hole. Uh, but all I'll say is, is that when it comes to dealing with players and uh, what Aaron Rodgers given out about it, uh, Gutekunst has to say, that's not how we operate here, and this is what we try to do. And he has to rebut some of the things. Because in fairness to Matt, uh, he came at him with, you know, Rodgers felt like... Looking back with open arms and then when he eventually did uh, reach out and committed the darkness um, which I can't wait to examine that when there's a bit of distance between it um, you know in 10 years time everyone will have a darkness to feed in their garden anyway so it won't be so taboo no doubt um, but yeah so he was asked about that kind of like he found out you were shopping him around and the mood changed um, but again I call this episode controlling the narrative because it's quite clear that there's two sides kind of doing the curly Lambo finger point at each other and going, well, he said this. And then they goes, no, that's not how it happened. He said this. And Gudekunst is keeping a more level keel on it. I'm not saying he's right, but I'm just saying he has to conduct himself a little bit more uh, reserved, you know, because he says, oh, well, I'd prefer if the player just came to me and spoke to me face to face, but that's how he wants to do it. And I'm, I, he's okay with, I'm okay with that. And you kind of think behind the scenes, you're not okay with that though, are you? I mean, because you're, you're feeling these questions from journalists on this nonsense and you you know you have to go back on it and you have to toe the line and sit on the fence slightly but also let them know what's up but look i won't get too far ahead of myself let me just play the first part that i found interesting uh to what brian gurukun says and then i'll jump back on and i'll say why i found it interesting
0: everything you and aaron did to i don't want to say repair the relationship but the last two years after he you know said everything he did a couple of years ago and he comes out a couple of weeks ago and says you basically went behind his back to shop him and he didn't seem too pleased. From your perspective, how did the last couple of months kind of transpire? Yeah, I didn't really take his comments like that. And it's certainly not true. I mean, I think, you know, as we got out of the off season or after the season and we, we had a good conversation um, and then, you know, we're, we're going to have some follow up conversations. And our inability to reach him or for him to respond in any way, I think at that point, then we just kind of had to, we had to, I had to do my job and kind of reach out and understanding that a trade could be possible uh, and see who was interested, but that shopping was never really part of that.
1: yomi <laughs> Powerful stuff uh, there from the big dog. Um, is, is Aaron Rodgers telling the truth? Is Bryden Goodacons telling the truth? I don't know. Um, and I don't particularly care. But let's just have a quick wade into what they said. Aaron Rodgers said, see, this is what I don't understand, right? Is that Rodgers was like, yeah, 90% done. You know, I'm just going to retire. Not arsed. Um, 90% just not there. And arguably, Aaron Rodgers has been on the slow decline to retirement the whole time. Um, he doesn't go to voluntary stuff he's too big for that now i mean even the jets as well are sort of saying to the packers no we're not going to give you what you want because and also we want to pick the opposite way just in case he retires and you're kind of like bro you're marrying this person and so you deal with the baggage they come with you're not going to lean back on me like an ex-wife or ex-husband who says listen if they turn out to be like you know a bit dodge here i, I want at least you know you have to pay me all lot of money for taking this person and um, that's not really how it works. But look. I just, it's odd, isn't it, that Aaron Rodgers was going in and he was 90% going to retire. And um—and again, I just had to laugh at the hot takes that were coming out on Twitter. Lads, I think the Packers might have known all along. And you're like, yeah, of course they did. And they know what direction they want to go in. Everything's planned. Anybody who's worked for a big organization, you know how these places work. They have a five-year plan and a 10-year plan and a what-if plan and a, a BCP plan. And, you know, all of this stuff that can happen. Um, and they have that all lined up. So Gudekunst knew where he wanted to go. Rogers knew where Gudekunst wanted to go, and vice versa. Um, and it was quite clear that Gudakunst and Rogers didn't see eye to eye. And I read this article on The Ringer, which talks about, you know, Thompson would have brought Rogers in. Uh, Thompson may rest in peace, and all of the other staff that are there weren't there. And Rogers kind of sets it up that anybody who was to go to bat for me wasn't there anymore. Um, now, back to the point. You know, he talks about, you know, they were trying to shop me when I was in the darkness. I came out and all of a sudden I find out from my sources that, you know, they're trying to get rid of me. Um, look, dude, you're going to retire. 90% of you going to retire. Um, if you have to try convince someone to stay, which is what Brett Favre wanted. That's what that whole drama was about back in the day. He wanted them to grovel and say, come back and all that. And sometimes you do that and sometimes you don't. Gudakuns came out and said... Um, and he learned this from Ted Thompson, that any trouble that you have with a quarterback typically is worth it if they're a Hall of Famer. But I think there comes a breaking point. Uh, now, to Gutekunst's point is, because that was the, that's the last thing that I say, is that when Rodgers then was asked, all right, well, if you hadn't sort of found out or they weren't trying to shop you, as you put it, would you have went back to the Packers? And he was like, no. And it reminds me of this article I read of, of this girl who said she was messaging this guy. And he asked her out and she said, No, no, I'm not interested in you like that. And he said, Oh, okay, cool, have a good life. I respect your opinion. And then he just stopped talking to her. And she her problem in the Agony Ant article was is like he's actually sticking by his word and not talking to me and I'm devastated. What do I do? It's like, what do you want? You know, are you retiring or are you not retiring? Um, are you hurt about the Packers or not? But I think anybody, and this is just not even a Rogers thing, and I do completely understand it, is that if he finds out that it's that whole psychology thing if you find out from a third party that someone doesn't like you you instantly don't like them and vo- and it works the other way is that if you want someone to like you the trick they say is is to tell somebody else that you like them and if that gets around to them they're more likely to believe it when it comes from somebody else and um, so you know when you look at this situation why is Roger saying he wouldn't go back anyway ego ego. he's not saying he's, saying he's not going to go back because they don't want him so I, I don't want you you know, one which can't have. And that's the way it is. And so, look, Kunst wades into this and he says, look, I tried to reach out to him. He didn't respond. And so I guess I had to move on and do my job. Now, if you have a Hall of Fame quarterback that you're serious in keeping, um, well, then you probably just put up with these nonsense, you know, and again, they knew who Aaron Rodgers was from the very beginning. And it obviously, to me, stands out that they were no longer willing to put up with this sideshow. And he goes on later to talk about, you know, what the team wants and the team needs and all this type of stuff. And it was very clear to me that what he would have requested from Rogers was, is probably a commitment to come in for the voluntary stuff and like properly commit and not go on like that guy who's been working in a company for 40 years and just thinks he's entitled to rob the bog roll and go home with it because Look, I've been here forever. What are you going to do? Um, you know, and that level of entitlement there. Now, is he entitled to the entitlement, if you will? Let's get real deep. Well, yeah, you know, like I mean, the guy's accomplished what he has. He's the goat in the game and he gets carried, you know, like Dave Chappelle did in that PDD skit by his cronies into in and out of places and he's he's royalty, right? Fantastic to watch. I'm not dogging the guy. But, you know, it's some players don't let that complacency dig in. And we've seen Mike Holmgren talk about that when he went to the Niners and he went into that quarterback room and he said that, his quarterbacks came to him at the time and said, don't sort of, you know, dance around us. I want you to teach me, so teach me. And they gave him the license to say, criticize me even though I'm first ballot Hall of Fame. And sometimes a player can go either way, is that they go into the whole, I always want to learn. And seemingly Brady gave off that vibe where he would always be working out in the offseason and working on his mechanics. And then you'd have Aaron Rodgers, who's hiking through jungles and stuff like that. Now look at his results in the MVP years, and you'd say it didn't make a difference. Um, And there's big talking points around that. But I would imagine what Gutekunst was getting at was, is that here's a player that he can't really control. Uh, He wants him to commit in a way that with Rogers at the stage that he is he's just kind of not into it Uh, you know I had a friend who wanted to travel and she met a guy who'd done all his traveling and uh, they just met at the wrong time Um, now they since went on and have a wonderful relationship but you know you look at stuff like that and you kind of think um, no, I don't know. I'm not getting into the relationship, but it's just that type of way. Isn't it? Sometimes it's, you can meet at the at the wrong time. She wants to go off and do her traveling, and then he says, I don't want to do I've done all that kind of stuff. And you have to be able to strike a happy medium, and sometimes it just doesn't pan out. When you look at the uh, Packers and Aaron Rodgers, that's seemingly the case. Now, he was a back to back MVP. I think Gudukunz was kind of like, look, you know, the pain like pain slash pleasure uh, with Aaron Rodgers. And maybe if you're a back-to-back MVP, he's still got the juice. And I think they honestly felt like they were very, very close every time. And the game in the playoffs always ended in that sort of really bitter disappointment that we left it all out there, you know. Um, And we didn't really go for it and things went wrong. And I think it all hit home when we had such a dismal performance last year. Um, And again, the Packers know why that is, whether it's Devontae Adams going and that focal point. But maybe the Rodgers offense... Only fires when he's got a Devontae Adams and he doesn't have him now. So the window even for the Packers to, you know, make it happen with Rodgers is likely gone because, you know, it's like that guy or that girl who you know, gets given out to for being kind of lazy in the relationship and all that kind of jazz. And there's nothing you can really do to repair it. And it's when they break up and that person moves on to their new relationship, it revitalizes both people. And the guy who's put on 700 pounds and is unhealthy and smokes 700 a day cleans up his act for his new partner. Um, and you look at him and go, that's all your old partner was looking for you to do was have that kind of, And you know, it just doesn't work with that person. But let me play the second part and sort of drive home that point, um, if you will. So, so
0: when you gave him that contract extension, you've said publicly your intention was for him to not just play last season, to play beyond that. At what point did it shift to, okay, we need to move on? Yeah, I think so. I think obviously it was a disappointing season, right? And you come out of the season, you have a lot of conversations, not only with Aaron, but with uh, the rest of the team, coaches and everybody. And then as you go through that process, you kind of get an idea of where you're going to move to, you know, as a team, how you're going to go forward. And I think I was really looking forward to the conversations with Aaron to see how he fit into that. Uh, those never transpired. So, you know, there, there came a time where we kind of had to we had to make some, you know, decisions. So we went through his representatives to try to kind of talk to him where we were going with our team. And at that point, um, you know, they informed us they would like to, to be traded to the Jets.
1: So, classic divorce, really. Uh, miscommunications, lack of communication, not really wanting almost to be on the same page. It kind of reminds me of that sort of viral video where. I don't know, some company in America, some delivery guy runs up, beeps the horn, dives out and throws a note on the porch to say you weren't home and didn't give them a chance. You know, I think Gudekunst was ready to move on uh, before Aaron Rodgers went off into the darkness. And this was just kind of a thing of like, yeah, look, it's just you're kind of just in the wrong place. Um, And the two organizations want to go a different way. I'm sure it would have involved Rodgers taking a restructure and spreading cash out and it's too messy. I I think for Gouda, Constant, friends. I think they looked at it and thought, you know, we need him to be staying in Green Bay. Almost sit down. He needs to kind of do what we want him to do. Um, and then also, you know, Rogers demands to want to. And I, I'm not saying this in a bad way that he has a wish list or whatever. Um, hopefully, I'm towing a line here of how I truly feel about it. I'm not picking sides as such. Just because I had to call it how I see it. Um. You know, this whole thing about him wanting to bring Cobb in and Mercedes Lewis and Alan Lazard and, you know, they're kind of screwball for money anyway. And Gudekunst has said that even when it came, he was asked about Mason Crosby and he said, look, you know, we're a bit tight for for cash and cap and all that kind of stuff. So the the real question is, is that now that he's decided to move on, which... Like we spoke about last week, it's coming. I mean, it's coming anyway. Rogers has a limited shelf life. Now, will he go on and play with the Jets? The Jets, after speaking with Rogers wanted assurance from the Packers that if Rogers retired after one year, that they'd be able to recoup something. So if that gives you kind of an indication of, like, Rogers has obviously put it out on the table to say, this is not me posturing for the Packers here. I'm really, you know, I'm literally, I mean, he's a flight risk. You know, if he was a criminal, you wouldn't let him out on bail he's looking at it and going, well, I don't know if I want to play anymore. And it's that sort of, you know, because, and again, the characteristics that the Jets have are very similar to where the Packers thought they were, which was um, one piece or one or two pieces away from just getting and going the distance. And the Jets obviously feel that they got as far as they did last year with all of that turmoil of quarterback. So Rodgers is that missing piece. He comes in, elevates everybody around them and they win a Super Bowl. And sometimes they're willing to sell their soul Um, to bring that person in on the chance that they'll do it, um, and the other thing that sort of stood out about Gudakun's there was he said it was a disappointing performance, and it's my analogy that you know you can have a Mercedes Benz and you can spend there's all these really expensive ones and they all look very similar, right? And I'm not being ignorant about it, but there's diminishing returns in my mind of where you can get a, a Rolex watch and I love watches and I'm fascinated by the movements and all this type of stuff, a big watch geek, right? But you can get a Rolex or you can get an Omega or you can get a, you know, AP or whatever, right? A Patek Philippe. And you can get that and you can spend your 60 grand on it or hundred grand on it or whatever. Um, And you can get your, you know, G-Shock, your Casio G-Shock and, On the face of it, the G-Shock, you can wear in the pool and it doesn't rust and you can get really cool looking ones and it's analog as well. And it's it's more accurate than an automatic watch, which can lose up to 5 to 45 seconds a day. I know the better ones are better calibrated and all that kind of stuff. Um, You know, and you can get solar ones now, which basically you never need to change the battery. And objectively, the cheap 100 pound, 200 pound G-Shock watch is objectively probably better than the other one. It depends on what you want that experience to be. Um, and that's the same with cars for me. Is, you know, you can drive your Teslas and you'd spend about 60 grand here in Ireland on a Tesla. Or you can, you know, buy your 10, 20 grand car. And one of them is valued at three times more, but you, are you getting the three times as much joy from it? Are you getting the three times? Is it the savings you're looking for? Is it the image? You know, and when you look at the Packers here and you look at Aaron Rodgers and I'm going to play a soundbite from Matt LaFleur, which again drives this part of it home, is that it doesn't matter if you have Aaron Rodgers, who's arguably one of the best to ever play the game, just magic to watch. And again, we've been to Green Bay a lot of times, right? And you can too if you go to patreon.com for us, UK Packers. And, but you won't be seeing Rodgers, you'll be seeing love and he'll be amazing, right? You know, and we've seen him many times. The guy is a magician, right? But he's not without baggage. But at the end of the day, what it boils down to is, is low, late draft picks because we're always in the playoffs, which is amazing. And it brings that joy. And you'd rather be in the playoffs. Well, I suppose that's a debate. Would you rather be in the playoffs and get dumped out than not reach the playoffs at all and look at bad quality football? I know as a, you know, if you love your team, you want them to get to the playoffs because you always have that shot. Um, So he's not getting the Super Bowl done. And you can't lay that at Aaron Rodgers' feet. And I will be adamant until the day I die that, you know, Super Bowls aren't a quarterback stat. In fact, some players get to the Super Bowl, you know, in spite of having to drag their quarterback along by their neck. But it does work sometimes. And if you look at Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and, um, you know, Joe Burrow and all these players, they definitely elevate their team to the level to get it done. But they need that supporting cast. But whether you're paying Aaron Rodgers, you know, mortgaging the franchise for Aaron Rodgers and he's not getting a Super Bowl and you go with Jordan Love and you know really what you're looking for is, is someone that's good enough to not be a liability to it's nice to watch pretty football and to be excited about it. And that don't get me wrong, but if you have a player that brings you to the playoffs you know kind of all bets are off right you know not unless you are one of those teams and dare i say it but i don't think it was any listening the vikings where it looks like they're kind of a bit spoofy um and they're playing well but you know they're gonna crash out um but i'm pretty sure the fan base still believe and they'll be telling you no no this is for real um until they get dumped out and then everybody's pointing their finger saying i told you so but at the end of the day it's that diminishing returns thing rogers is a ferrari is the lamborghini he's a He's an AP. He's a Royal Oak. Um, and someone else might be a G-Shock, but they might still do similarly the same job. You know, they might bring it to the playoffs or maybe not, but either way, you haven't brought home a trophy. And when you look at the hassle that someone giving you, their unwillingness then to do voluntary stuff, which again, is a debate, is that even important for someone of, of Aaron Rodgers' majesty? Uh, someone who's demanding more input into something. I think as they get older um, and after a bad season, and dare I say the word leverage, kind of starts to drop away, right? Because you're looking at it and going, well, okay, get a guy and, and take a shot at him. And we went back and uh, retweeted the video from GetUp on Twitter, if you want to go and take a look at the timeline about what the guys were saying about Jordan Love. And an awful lot of what these guys speak is complete nonsense, right? Absolute tosh. But this guy was talking about Love and Herbert and all that. And he said that Love has the bigger upside, even more so than Herbert, but he's raw. And what Love needs is is a place that he can go to sit behind someone experienced and to be able to take his time and develop. Now, if that's not the the Packers atmosphere that exactly happened with Love, I don't know what is. Now, I'm not saying that this expert dude said it after seeing love and then you know all of a sudden that's going to come true an awful lot of what these lads will talk about that he's a generational talent and if you look at any of the draft profiles of some of these players you know and they're out of the league within a year uh, because they're simply not good enough um so i'm not saying that's going to come true but this is where it puts the pressure on the packers now is that they've got a player seemingly that was raw has a massive upside and they're moving on from aaron Rodgers. but again in my mind, they're not moving on from Aaron because they think Jordan is ready to step up. It's a mixture of Jordan has came on and they're not really committing to he's going to be a baller player. That could be not wanting to put too much pressure on him, but then also feeding into what the journalists say as, you know, this guy isn't the, isn't the polished article here. Uh, but neither was Aaron Rodgers when he came in for Brett Favre. So let's just put that out there. But I think it's a mixture of not wanting to jump through the hoops that they have to with Aaron Rodgers anymore particularly coming off a season where we missed out on the playoffs because then you're thinking well what's the point and then moving on to Jordan Love but like LaFleur says and like I've been saying all along if you move on from Aaron Rodgers to anybody um, you're going to have a dip in play and again you can say well what if it was a Patrick Mahomes you're not going to move on to a Patrick Mahomes if we did it's just if Love does become some sort of superhuman like Rodgers was and uh, after coming in for Favre, which just lit up the league uh, with MVPs and a Super Bowl and all that kind of stuff, just mind blown, really mind blown. And that's what Gudukunst will hang his hat on. Um, because an awful lot of people's success will come from a time in their life where they went against the grain and it panned out. And that would certainly be what Gudekunst did. We said from the very beginning when he came in, his legacy is hinged on the fact that he has to find a successor for Aaron Rodgers and with the way all of this went down the stakes are even higher for his reputation now does he care about it I don't know but from my perspective it's even higher now on him because of the way that he departed in Green Bay but they asked Matt LaFleur the question and he didn't say the word good job which I was disappointed with Um, but I will say what he said at the beginning of the interview and he didn't really go into it any further than this which is fair enough
0: listen I'm just gonna throw it out there right away um First of all, I've got nothing but love and appreciation for for what Aaron has done for so many in our organization, obviously have experienced a lot of great times together, um, won a lot of football games together, ultimately did bring home a Super Bowl, which which will always be disappointing, but he's done so much for... Myself, my family, our coaches' families, so many people within the organization, other players, a lot of people have been rewarded, quite frankly, because of his ability to go out there and play and play at such a high level. So, um, you know, I'm just going to kind of leave it at that.
1: Like, Lafleur knows the deal and he knows which side his bread is buttered. And exactly as I've been saying for so long now, you know, Favre and Harlan started to build out what the Packers were to become and Aaron Rodgers put the roof on the place. Um, All of that title Titletown district and all of the success the Packers have and the reason why an awful lot of people in this fan group are Packers fans will come down to Aaron Rodgers. An awful lot of people, Aaron Rodgers is the only quarterback that they know and they fell in love with um, and all that kind of stuff. So he's exactly right. And everybody in the organization, every time you get to the playoffs, all the executives and all that in the building, they'll all get a massive uh, pay bump and a bonus when they do that. So, you know, he's literally lined the pockets of the executives in that place and made them all very successful and an awful lot of people very rich. There's an awful lot of Rogers jerseys that were sold and uh, Pat McAfee's success even. And you can put that down largely to his scoop with Aaron Rodgers. And he even says that himself, that he's very grateful to Aaron Rodgers for giving him that opportunity. There was 500,000 people, half a million people, including myself, um, had logged on to see what Rodgers was going to say on McAfee. And that's the power of Aaron Rodgers. He called himself an enigma. And he is, he gets people talking. And I can only imagine the storylines that are going to come out of New York with him there because that market is is cannibalistic. I mean, it's just incredible. So from the off, uh, LaFleur knows what the deal is. Aaron Rodgers, they all owe him a massive debt. He's the reason why um, the Packers are where they are. And Murphy and Gudekunst and LaFleur, for all different reasons, are looking down uh, into this precipice and sort of thinking... You know, does, do we ride on the wings of love? Uh, or where do we go from here? Um, because Murphy has to worry about revenue. Uh, Gudekunst has to worry about his job. And, you know, like... Imagine these kids looking at him. Daddy could get sacked next year, uh. you know, if this doesn't all go well. Now, I know with something as adversarial as this, you would imagine that Murphy and Goudekunst are well tight on what needed to be done, what they wanted to do, what direction they wanted to go in. Um, and he made that abundantly clear when he said, well, if we don't get what we want, Aaron Rodgers will still be on the team. Uh, but again, I'll always admire... um you know, Murphy's sort of candor and he'll just kind of say it how it is. No matter how many people ragging him, uh, at least he, he told us what it was. And you can bang on about how that would have damaged the organization. I don't think it made a difference. But Lafleur, if you really want to look at the damage that it could do to Matt Lafleur, is, is that if you look at his record and they're comparing him to Vince Lombardi and all that sort of good stuff, and you look at his play calls and his dynamic play calling and all of this... You start to wonder, does that work because you have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and you lost Devontae and then it doesn't work. So without Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be even worse, you know, and then you have all of this narrative, which I'd like to be able to buy in wholeheartedly. And I do think there is an element to it, but in love, you will have someone who works within the system and they'll do what's as they're told and they won't go off script. But some of the best throws that Aaron Rodgers ever made was off script. So you look at that and go, you know, I wouldn't scoff and sort of throw my eyes up at the fact that Aaron Rodgers used to be able to, you know, rescue situations or whatever. And it's that's a complex topic. But to show you just how sort of intrinsically linked it is between the two and I know it's obvious that you look at a head coach and you look at a quarterback and you're like oh well if the quarterback leaves and the head coach sucks well then you're like well the head coach sucks and um, if the quarterback leaves and he struggles and the head coach does well then people just boil it down to the easy thing and point at the coach and go he was great the other guy he was holding them up and that's no more evident than with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady the narrative was always forever was Bill Belichick was the genius he could get players who were off the boil, who were washed up, and could bring them to New England and revitalize their career on offense and defense. Um, You know, Tom Brady was the system quarterback because Jimmy Garoppolo went in and did the business because Jacoby Brissett went in and did the business when Tom Brady was suspended and injured. You know, and it seemed like just obvious um, that Bill Belichick was a real mastermind behind it all. And then Tom Brady leaves, and that divorce is bad and he's saying that he wasn't respected enough and all this sort of stuff and um, he goes on and wins a Super Bowl with Tampa and no matter, all of this narrative and this embedded lazy nar- like the narrative around the Packers has always been we've well, got Aaron Rodgers and any pundit who knows nothing or hasn't done his homework or is lazy or wants to go to the cliche thing he used to always say we've well, got, got Aaron Rodgers we've got a chance Aaron Rodgers you have got a chance and that's what they used to say about New England is that Bill Belichick, genius. What he does with the salary cap, what he does with his players, his coaches, the way he gets the most out of Tom Brady, you could just plug and play any quarterback in there. And now we see Matt Jones and you see Kraft coming out being disappointed and you see Belichick's legacy being questioned to go, is he that, you know, maybe good old Tommy boy here was was doing a bit of a job for him. And the narrative's completely flipped straight away. And it was embedded that Belichick was the dude. So now look at LaFleur and look at Rodgers. LaFleur was already on shaky terms with uh, the pundits because they'd look at him and say, well, you've got Aaron Rodgers. I mean, what do you expect? Ignoring the fact that Mike McCarthy was there with the same players. Um, and you look at Vince Lombardi and you look at when he came in after Scooter McLean and all of those players that Jack Finisi brought in were already on the roster. But I don't see anybody questioning, oh, well, was Vince really that good or, or did he have Hall of Fame players there? Did he make Hall of Fame players out of them? And, and the the general consensus is that Vince was a legend. And if you look back at his history, and I, I believe that too, but all I'm saying is, is that it's that perception, right? And you'd look at Matt LaFleur and you'd say he took over a, you know, a team that missed out on the playoffs and they sacked their coach during the season after the quarterback banged him under a bus. He navigated all of that kind of stuff and built 13 win teams the whole way until last year when arguably Aaron Rodgers was injured he loses his best you know first ballot Hall of Famer wide receiver um, and it all goes to pot he loses Nathaniel Hackett and there's an awful lot of change now what? who's to blame nobody knows no one will ever know um, even Matt LaFleur can write a book on it and he's still going to come at it from his perspective of what he thinks goes wrong and maybe that's not the case but LaFleur you know he doesn't have a, a choice to make on um, these sort of personal decisions and I'm sure he's tight with Goody and they'll tell him what the lay of the land is, but he's got no real say. And if you say to him, do you want to keep your MVP goat of a quarterback? He'd say, yes, please. Um, but they've told him, no, you're going to have to deal with love now. And he just has to work with that reality. And now the precipice that he's looking down is that when Rogers leaves, how does he do in New York? And if it's New York, he's going, which seems inevitable. And what will people say about his legacy? And he, if they're going to go against Bill Belichick's legacy that was in stone um, and start going, well, Billy Boy, is he that good? Well, then how are they going to look him at the floor? So there's an awful lot of people in this situation but an awful lot to lose. And it's complex and it's a grey area. But we are where we are and it was going to happen anyway. And I think it was just that case of two ships in the knife who are just going to pass each other. That good didn't want to deal with it anymore and Rodgers said nah I'll just go to the Jets and try to prove myself I still wouldn't put a past on retiring you know but anyway look that's the podcast if you fancy going over to see the beginning of the love era and um, we'll then dive on it it's patreon.com forward slash uk packers it's only a fiver and again every time you're in there you get an entry into that draw uh, which is super duper stuff and keep an eye out go to youtube.com forward slash uk packers will you uh, and it'd be a massive favor um, if you go in and subscribe uh, because i've got a couple of scripts written and a couple of really interesting bits that i want to dig into uh, one of the ones that i put up was about randall woodfield um, who was America's most notorious serial killer. Um, So I have a video up about that with subtitles. If you find me a little bit too fast uh, with the old tongue lashing, uh, you can get on there and you can read it, you know, while you're sitting on the Jackson work. Let's face it. Um, I think it's, what, 20, 20 minutes long? Something like that, 25 minutes? Um, So there's going to be more stuff coming to YouTube. And again, all the draft stuff is really going to be ramping up in earnest now um, as we come to next week and, and the week's after that as we lead up into that NFL draft and um, let's see how many picks we have if you do end up trading Rogers away but anyway look it's a pleasure to be on with you. it's great to talk to you um, as usual um, I absolutely love the feedback so if you have any feedback good or bad I definitely want to hear it uh, shoot me an email at info at uk, or of course you can catch me on any of the DMs on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and all that good stuff, Um, and I love chatting back and forth, which is, I have a couple of email chains, that I go back and forth, with people on, um, people that I call friends, and uh, it'd be great to hear from you, but anyway, I've been at, Steve NFL, if you fancy following me, on socials as well, and until next week, I'll talk to you then.